Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, um, I am glad that you are here. Amen. And, um, you know, it's, it's important in our life, and I'm just telling you, um, you know, my job is not just to give you a good message. My job is to, to tell you the truth and to equip you and to pastor you. Amen. And, uh, you know, not everybody wants to be pastor. Some people just want a good message, you know, so that they can come and get a good message and leave. And then there are those that, that they want to be pastored. They want to be told the truth. They want to grow. Amen. I was reading the other day, it's my job to admonish or correct or do whatever it takes. Um, and so anyway, um, I just want to encourage you, y'all are here, and those of you joining us online, thank you for joining in. Um, but, but being able to gather together and be the body of Christ is so vital today. It's, 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 it's amazing sometimes to me because we so easily reason in our minds the choices that we make while we ignore what the Word of God says. It's like sometimes maybe we take the Word of God and look at it as maybe a book of good suggestions, right? Like, you know, if, if you can do this, it'd probably be good, but if you can explain it away, then it's okay not to do it. And I just want to encourage you, it's not okay. It's not okay to not do what the Word of God says. And anything in your life that stands in the way between you or me and our obedience to the Word of God becomes a hindrance. And one of the top hindrances that we're dealing with right now is a spirit of fear. And if you can't do what the Word of God says because you're afraid, then you need to begin to deal with the fear. You need to address the fear in your life, right? Because if you don't, um, just like, you know, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine um, this week, and I said, you know, I said, from the beginning, we've asked the wrong questions as a church. We've asked, how do we, how do we have church without meeting together? And that really is an impossibility because the Bible says that the church is a group of people that it's an assembly of people that have been called out of something and called into, and it's an assembly. And now, it doesn't mean it has to be a, a hundred people. The numbers of that could be anything, right? But it's an assembly. And, and so I said, we've asked the wrong question. I think it's great. I thank God for people tuning in today. Uh, I thank God that you're able to do that. There's many reasons why people can't be uh, in the house. Um, but um, if, if fear is what keeps you from being the church, then you need to address the fear. And my question is, is how in the world has the church gotten to the place to where we allow a sickness that's under the curse to determine my life with God? Where did we get to that point to where we let sickness and disease that is part of the curse begin to dictate my Christian walk? Where, how, how did we lose our faith? You see, because it's, it's not a maybe or might. It is if there's a fear there in your life or my life 
concerning things that have been dealt with in the Word of God, then we need to deal with the fear. I'm not saying that you should be stupid. If your faith is not there, I understand that. I'm not mad at you. But don't let it be a perpetual excuse to where you don't begin to face it because I'm going to tell you right now, sickness and disease isn't going anywhere. I know you want me to say that all sickness is going to be eradicated, but it's not. It's going to be eradicated in the people of God that walk in faith and walk in the power of God. But it's not going to be eradicated from this world. So at some point, you and I have to choose. And if there's a fear there, you know, now listen, just because you came this morning and wear a mask, you're, I'm not saying you're in fear. Don't read into anything. You're here. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing what you need to do with that. You know, we, I, I, we have people that come and they get upset because, you know, maybe because we ask them to wear a mask from the outside to the inside. Amen. Well, let me just say this. It's not about you. It's about everybody in this place that we honor one another. And sometimes we do some things we don't want to do personally so that I don't cause a brother to stumble. Do you understand that? See, it's time, and, and I believe that we're going to move into that season to where church is no longer about the individual people. In other words, it's not about me getting my way and always having what I want. It's about us submitting ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ and doing what He wants. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. So... I want to encourage you, if, if, if you say, well, I'm just being cautious. If your thought process is, I cannot do this because I'm afraid of what might happen here, that is fear, that's not caution. Amen. So how do I deal with that? This isn't my sermon. This is your, this is your, this is your appetizer. So how do I deal with that? I begin to say, Lord, help me and show me in your word where I can combat this that's holding me back. Because the other excuse is, is, well, I can just stay at home or I can just do this, I can just do that, and I don't have to do this. Whereas in, in the, the Bible says in Hebrews, it says, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. It says, as is the manner of some... But it says all the more we need to do it as the days are approaching. I'm telling you right now, you can write it down and, and you can correct me in eternity. I will repent before the Lord if I'm wrong, okay? But in order for you to succeed in the days ahead, church is going to have to be a priority. Amen? It's going to have to be a priority in our life. Listen. It's, this isn't about how many people we can get in the building, or this isn't about me. This is about us all being strengthened and encouraged in our walk so that we can continue to live and be who God's called us to be. 
And you cannot do that on your own. How do I know that? Because the Bible gave us pastors for the equipping of the ministry. Not only pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. He gave us the gifts for the equipping of the ministry, right? He gave us that. He told us not to forsake the assembling. And so what happens is, is we begin to rationalize and say, well, you know, we, we don't really have to do this. Amen. And I'm just telling you, it's a dangerous place to be in our life where we've set this aside because of what, because of fear. And I'm just dealing with that this morning to not to get onto anybody or fuss or anything. I'm doing it because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you and what he wants you to do and accomplish. Amen. It, it, it actually is easier if I just came here on Sunday and turned on the video camera and preached to the internet. That's the easiest thing to do. Because then I don't have to be concerned about anybody coming in and catching something. I don't have to deal with all the other stuff. We don't have to have nursery. We don't have to have kids' church. We don't have to have ushers and greeters. The easiest thing to do is just go online. But that doesn't accomplish what God's called us to do. I thank God that we have that avenue Right, and we're we're actually working to expand that, but it doesn't change the nature of who we are as the body of Christ, and that is a group of people that have been called out of something and called into something. Amen. Because we have an assignment. Amen. Is the body of Christ, and listen, I'm gonna tell you a secret. There is nobody else. You're it. Right? You're the church. You're it. There is nobody else in the waiting. There's the lost coming in, and I believe we're going to see more of that, but it takes laborers. What did Jesus say? Pray to the Lord of harvest that there would be laborers. You're the laborers. Amen. You're the laborers. Don't tell anybody. Amen. But you're the laborers to get the job done. And I tell you, that's good news, not bad news. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So I thank you for being here. It, 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 it makes my heart happy um, because I was just sitting down here, not sitting, but worshiping the Lord, just thinking, I think about how I feel when I, when I miss people. Amen. And, and I said, Lord, I said, how do you feel? Amen. So anyway, we'll just leave it at that. Amen. Praise God. Appetizer is over. So <clears throat> praise God. Hallelujah. So real quick, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I, I do it regularly because I, I, I don't do it um, just as a to try and placate. I do it from a genuine heart to say thank you for your faithfulness and, and bringing your tithes, bringing your offerings because it allows us not only to do what we need to do here, but it allows us to give out and minister to others. And, and we're constantly sending money out to people that are preaching the gospel. Amen. We're sending money out. We just spent money to help buy clothes for some orphans that needed clothes. 
and, and we just spent money to do that. And we can do that because you give. Amen. Do you realize there is no other source? I mean, God's our source, but you are the avenue, right? The good news is always we have all the money that we need to do what we're called to do. The bad news, if there's any bad news, is that it's in your back pocket, right? And I know you. some people get a little nervous when we talk about money, but it's amazing to me that our thinking about that is, is so squirrely because we think that God just, you know, if I had a money tree, that would be great, right? Go pick some leaves anytime we had needs of, but it's not that way. God decided to use his people, amen? Now, if anybody wants to don't donate an oil well or some kind of perpetual source of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all know what I mean, but he doesn't. He uses us, and so I want to thank you guys for doing that and being faithful to do that because what God did is he included you in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is seed time and harvest. So if you want to always make sure that you have enough, it's because you constantly sow seed. And every time you sow, you're sowing for your future. Amen. So when I go to God, I don't go to God and say, I deserve. I just go to God and say, God, I thank you that I tithe, and I'm a giver, and I thank you that you provide for me. And I call on that harvest. Amen. Isn't that good news that he set it up that way? So in your, your harvest is not based on the economy. You see what I'm saying? We, we do investments and people do all kinds of things, wanting a return, right? But the economy of God is not limited to what's going on in the world around us. So man, I thank God that we can exercise that in our life and it makes a difference. Amen? Hallelujah. So as we continue our series this morning entitled, Who Am I? Amen. Today, it would probably not be the most popular topic, right, for people to want to hear, but, but I, I believe it is crucial to who we are as the body of Christ. And so today's, the, the, the message today that I want to minister to you on who am I uh, is that you are holy. You are holy. And I'm going to show you through the Word of God what that means in our life because I think a lot of people, we look at, you know, saying that I'm holy or, or we think about God being holy. Sometimes you, you could have it in the context of, you know, being this super spiritual person, right, that doesn't make any mistakes and you got to live this perfect life in order to be holy. And, and that's not necessarily what holiness is, Right? Or we think of it in a negative of a person being holier than thou, and they just go around and they condemn everybody else because they think that they are, you know, God's gift to creation, right? Well, there's only one of those, and that was Jesus, right? So I want to look at, through the Word of God, what is holiness in our life? How does that impact my life? How do I live a holy life? Because that's one of the things that we, as the body of Christ, or many people have deviated from in their lives is they've deviated from living a holy life. Amen? And I'm not going to fuss at you today. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not fussing. All right. All right, so this isn't a get on to you. I don't have a list of all your mistakes that I'm getting to read to you. Amen? 
So that's not what it's about. You'll see as we get in. So uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, it's gonna be a, a, a good set of scriptures here, um, but I think it's important so that we get the whole context here. So it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. All of that whole scripture is, is just loaded with truth, all right? But I, I, I want you to see the context of what we're reading, and I want to hone in on a couple of verses, and it's verses three and four, and we're going to read it in the Amplified it says, blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Just as in his love he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world. Now listen to what it says. So that... We would be holy. That is consecrated, set apart for him, and purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight. So we look at the context of redemption and who we are in Christ, and part of that context is so that you and I would be holy, so that we would be set apart. You see, holiness is, is purity, and there, there is that aspect of purity and holiness, but what you need to understand and what my heart for you to grasp today is, is even more than that. It's not just living, quote, a sinless life. It is actually understanding that you have been set apart. You have been consecrated to something. You have been set apart for something. And you are set apart in Christ Jesus. You are set apart by God for his purposes, 
his plans, what he has for you, so that you and I would be in a place for him to be able, be able to use us. In so much of the world we live in today, the church has tried to be so much like the world instead of realizing that we've been called out of the world. And it's not just called out in the sense of avoiding sin. It's called out because you and I are more than just a group of people that are to live a sinless life. That, that's, that doesn't, is not the context of who we are as his children. That's why Jesus Christ paid the price for the sin. And if you reduce your Christianity to merely your actions, I sinned, I didn't sin, right? At least I don't do that. Then you're missing out on the fullness of redemption in your life. You and I have been redeemed to have relationship with God, right? We've been redeemed and, and purchased with the blood of Jesus to have fellowship with God. But you also in this earth and in this moment and this time have been set apart for something. You've been consecrated. You've been set apart for the purpose and the plan of God. Let's go over to um, 1 Peter chapter 1. I'll read to you one more um, set of scriptures here. It says, therefore, verse 13, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through Him believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. Listen to what the Amplified says. It says in verse 15, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage because it is written, you shall be holy or set apart for I am holy. You see, the enemy has sold the lie that the more I can be like the world, the more I'll reach the world. But that's not the truth. What we're called to do is be like God. Remember, we've talked about being sons and daughters. We're children of the Most High God. We're adopted into his family, into his kingdom. Amen. Listen, people don't come to God because he's like the world. People come to God because he sets them free from the bondage of the world. And God has set us apart 
And sometimes if we're not careful, we spend our life and God has set us, it's like he has the world over here and God has taken you and called you out of the world and set you apart and cleaned you up and given you a purpose and a destiny and set you free from the bondage and the sickness and the addictions and all those things that are in the world. And we find ourselves running back to the world trying to get as close as we can. And before you know it, we're back into this worldly atmosphere. And God doesn't want you to look like the world. He does not want you and I to look like the world. He wants you to look like Him. You know, it's funny because when a baby's born, right, when all four of our kids were born, the first thing people start saying is, well, they look like, she looks like her mom, he looks, he looks like her dad, he's got, that's the first thing we talk about is who they look like. And then we've got the grandchildren and the grandchild. Well, they look like their grandpa. They look like this. Nothing wrong with that. But God, we are his children. And it's to God's glory that we look like him, that we reflect who he is through our conduct, through our life. So the gospel is not a bunch of rules and regulations. The gospel is the good news that I don't have to be like the world anymore. I don't have to live lost anymore. I don't have to be addicted to the things of the world anymore. I don't have to be bound by the thought processes of the world. I don't have to live in this place anymore. I've been delivered. I've been brought out and I've been set apart for something greater than reflecting a world, listen, that is passing away. This world is coming to nothing. That's what the Word of God says. It is passing away. It's coming to nothing. But you are created as an eternal being to live for eternity. And we are to reflect who He is. We're to be like Him. The Bible says that through his precious promises, we are partakers, our shares in, it's the word koinonia, it's a fellowship, we are fellow partakers in his divine nature. That means that I'm going to talk the way my daddy talks. I'm going to walk the way my father walks. I'm going to live the way my father lives. I'm going to exercise the authority that my father has given me. I'm going to be like my father in heaven, and I'm going to live a life that is not common, that is not ordinary, that is not as a mere man, but I'm going to live my life as a child of the king. I'm going to live my life as a son and a daughter of the Most High. I'm going to live my life in a place that he's given me to live that life. And I'm not going to live it in this common place that is passing away. You are not common. Well, I'm just a man. No, you're not. You're a child of the Most High God. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. 
And the problem is, is we've been so focused on trying to be like the world so that we could be liked. Let me give you a PSA real quick. Stop posting selfies as grown men and women. And what I'm talking about is stop posing for the internet. Amen? Listen, that's not who we're called to be. I know some of you are just like, you don't know what to do because, you know, it's, I'm not saying you can't take pictures of you and your family and put them on there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the, you know, whatever, the poses where we're trying to get somebody to uh, be impressed. I don't think I'd get an amen on that. That's, that's my PSA. Amen. Now listen, I realize, you know what I'm saying, maybe in my, my younger, younger days, you know, I know you can't see my six-pack. I keep it very well insulated so that nobody gets into temptation. That, that's, that's the thing. I just keep all that hidden, right? Y'all know I'm just kidding, right? <clears throat> so... <laughs> I'm making fun, but we live in that generation. Amen. And and, and listen, we're to reflect his glory. Amen. And, and, And we have this world system that we live in. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So yes, I understand that you and I have to function. So that doesn't mean that I can live with my nose stuck up in the air and be this this proudful, snobby Christian that looks down my nose at other people. That's not what I'm talking about. We're here to love people. And sometimes you do, you have to step down into their mess in order to help pull them out. What I'm telling you though is don't try to live in it. Don't make it your mess. God's not afraid of your mess but God doesn't take on. Jesus paid the price and took on your sin and settled that. And Jesus isn't going to get in your sin. He's already done it, and he's already paid the price for it. The job is is that we're to call people out. We're to rescue people. We're to reach out and say, come on, you don't have to be that. You don't have to live. You were created for so much more. You and I were created for so much more as sons and daughters. But part of that begins with being holy. The very root word of holy means to set apart for God. To set apart for God. You haven't just been set apart. You've been set apart for God. You've been set apart for Him. You've been set apart for what he has for you. You see what I'm saying? You are holy. It's not just something that I hope to be one day. The moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You stepped over into a place of holiness. And we do walk it out. 
The Bible talks about working out your salvation through fear and trembling. There is a transformation process that's taking place. I'm not perfect. Holiness is not about perfection. Holiness is realizing that you've been set apart for God. And then you've been empowered by His Spirit and through His Word to live the life that He's asking of you. See, it's not your strength. It's not just your will. It's not you just determining, I'm going to be a Christian. It's you understanding you are a Christian, that you are a child of God. You have been empowered. You do have His Word. You do have the Holy Spirit. It's understanding who you already are and then determining that I'm going to follow that because I've been set apart. And if I've been set apart by God for God, then the world can't have me. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that for joy. I don't need that for peace. I don't need those things in this life to be able to make up who I am. I already have peace through the Prince of Peace. I already I already have joy from the presence of the Lord. I already have strength that I need. I already have a sound mind because of the Word of God. I already have all those things that I need in life because I've been set apart. And I know sometimes we you know, look at our life and say, well, if I've been set apart by God for God, then why am I going through so much? Why am I dealing with so much? Amen. I've been there. I know what that's like to, to, to look at those things. Well, because you live in the world. The difference is, is I don't have to look at it the way the world looks at it. Because in the end, I win. In the end, I win. This Paul, listen, the apostle Paul if you go and read the list of all the things that he had been through, right? He was shipwrecked, spent a night and a day in the sea, been in prison as an innocent person, amen, beaten with rods, whipped on his back, stoned to death. You know what I'm saying? He had his disciples leave him. I mean, just go look at the list, and you know what he said? He said, all these light afflictions, all this light stuff, sometimes it's just keeping in context what things could be and understanding that, hey, we're all going to face stuff. We're all going to face things in our life that are not easy and challenging and uncomfortable and frustrating and sometimes difficult. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm a child of God and I've been set apart and I've been consecrated for His use. And you know, if you want a, a good picture of that, you, know, you can go back and look at the temple and in, the, in Exodus and you can look in Leviticus and you can read about all the things that they did for the, the building of the temple, for the building of the Ark of, uh, of the Covenant, of testimony, for all the way down to the robes that they put on the priests. God wouldn't let anybody build anything if they weren't skilled in it because it had to be exactly the way he wanted. And they went through all of these intricate things. Why? To show that they were set apart. 
He went through all of these links to show that it was set apart. Everything that was made uh, uh, for certain things had to be in bronze. And then the things for the holy place had to be overlaid in gold. And he had all of these things that he went through very specifically. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. See, God didn't do all of that to do less for you. You are His creation. And the problem is, is we've let the world begin to dictate who we are instead of looking at who we are through the eyes of Jesus. And so we are consecrated and set apart for His purpose. You've been, you've been called out of that, that the, the world. You've been called out of the world system. It doesn't mean that you don't have to work. It doesn't mean you don't have a job. It doesn't mean you don't have to live and do those things. It just, I live them from a different perspective. Because I'm not common. I'm not ordinary. And it's not because of something that I've done or I'm going to do. It's because of the one who called me. Again, the value is based on the one using it. It's kind of like, I'll give you an example, it's kind of like the, 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 the China. Not China, the China. Like plates and dishes and some of you or younger, and you, you don't have any thought about that. Some of you that are older, you got China put somewhere. You got the special dishes. You know what I'm saying? But you, you, you just pull out for that, that one occasion. But if your child went to go get a special dish just to eat an ordinary meal, then they'd get in trouble. And you'd say, don't touch that. That is set aside for something special, Right? That, that, that's for something special. That, that is for this occasion. That, that, that is something that, that, that I'm sitting here and it's on a shelf and, and I put it aside and it's expensive and it's valuable and, and I have it just sitting there just in case I have that special occasion for it. But for every day, I'm just going to pull out the ordinary stuff. You know? I'm going to put out the ordinary dishes or the, the plastic dishes or the paper dishes. I'm going to pull out the ordinary for the everyday because I don't want my special stuff getting broken or getting messed up. It, it, it's for a special occasion. Listen, you are not ordinary. You're not the plastic dishes. You're not, not the paper dishes. You're not the throwaway stuff. You're not the ordinary. You are the special people. You are the special thing that God has set apart and consecrated. And he did it, listen to me, for such a time as this. This is the occasion. This is the moment. This is the time that God has reserved you for. And so long, we're just looking, well, I'm just this. I'm just this person. I'm just that person. There's nothing special about me. I'm just ordinary. No, you're not ordinary. The enemy wants you to think you're ordinary, but you're not. Why? Because he who called you 
is the one who is the one who has set you apart to be holy and consecrated for a special use, for a special moment, for a special time. And the fact that you're alive today and right now in this time means that God has set you apart for this occasion. God doesn't have another set of more special people than you that he's waiting on to be able to pull out and use. You are the special people. You are, the Bible says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are the people of God. And he's called you for such a time as this. You are holy to the Lord. You are consecrated to the Lord. But you and I have to choose to walk in that. You see, because even though he chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world, he chose everybody. Why? Because he said, I wish that every man would be saved. I don't want anybody to perish. He chose everybody in Christ. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. What is he saying? He's saying that there's people that they've been called, but few choose to follow through. See, you don't have to follow through with being special. Your follow through is just having faith towards Christ and saying, God, I'm available. See, the problem is, is, is sometimes we carry the weight in our life of I'm not good enough, I'm not special enough, I'm not perfect enough, God can't use me where I am today. And God's saying, listen, I just need you to be available. I just need you to be willing. I just need you to make the choice because I'll take care of the special. I'll take care of the consecration. I'll take care of preparing you to be the person that I've called you to be so that I can use you the way that I want to use you. I just need you to say yes. And God's a master of fixing the broken. He's the master of taking the broken, the chipped, the, the, the dirty, the messed up. He's a master at making it new. If I break a plate, it's not the plate's job to put itself together. It's the owner's job. We all have broken things. We all have missing things. We all have, and I'm not talking about in Christ. I'm talking about in the natural. But we're talking about who you are in Christ. You're a child of the Most High. You are holy and you are set apart for His use. And I tell you what, that's a special thing to be, that the living God would choose you or He would choose me. Because this isn't about what we deserve. You are called and set apart for such a time as this. Amen.